This is the LP, a lifestyle podcast. I'm Lyle Peterman. Well, the theme Corona Conversations, my guest is Speaker of the House, Mr. Nathan Cooper. From the safety of physical distancing, Nathan takes this call from his third floor office at the Alberta Legislature in Edmonton. Find out why he's referring to the situation around COVID-19 as the Great Resorting. We also talk politics, his role as Speaker of the House, what positives he's seeing in society during this global pandemic, and of course, his home riding of Old Ditsbury and Three Hills. All of that and more, so let's get right to the conversation. I hope you enjoy. All right, well, Nathan, Speaker of the House, welcome and thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Mal. It's uh, always great to be able to put aside a little bit of time and have a nice chat with you. Yeah, no kidding. So right now, uh, tell us where where you are during this uh, crazy time we call COVID-19. Yeah, well, right at this very second, I'm uh, standing in my third floor office in the Legislative Assembly, which, as you can well imagine, is... Uh, basically empty, um, but I am looking out across what should be a pond in hopefully just a couple of months uh, out towards the federal building. Uh, it's it's a bit of a unique sight, you know, at this time of year and at this time of day, would very often see people walking around the legislative grounds and, um, you know, lots of dog walkers through here, people holding hands and uh, as far as my eye can see right now, there is uh, absolutely no one. Yeah, I live uh, downtown Calgary, and there is no difference right now between rush hour and any other hour of the day. It is quite eerie, actually. But uh, on a positive note, I guess, good to see people are taking it seriously and, and actually shutting down the city like needed. Yeah, 100%. You know what? I, I think the interesting thing, Lyle, there is so much out there right now that uh, is challenging and difficult. Um, but I've been refreshed in some respects uh, to see a, a bunch of the positive stuff that's happening. Um, last week, I was leaving Edmonton, and it was a Thursday afternoon when we, we got finished here. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go donate blood on my way home. It, it felt like the right thing to do. Um, and And sometimes you don't know what to do, but you're like, hey, well, I can donate blood. So I called the Canadian Blood Services, uh, and the next available appointment was two and a half weeks away. Um, Wow. And and yeah, they've actually had such an influx of people just like me wanting to do something. uh, And so they also have been calling Canadian Blood Services. And so there's lots of little positives out there that I think we can see people sort of turning towards each other, wanting to help out and make the most of a really bad situation. What, uh, what's been yeah. the atmosphere around the legislature? Well, it's obviously been very quiet around here. Um, and the House rose uh, two weeks ago and uh, in the middle of, of days that we, you know, technically speaking, should be sitting. And broadly uh, speaking, there's been quite a lot of cooperation between the government and the opposition uh, during this, this pandemic, which is always great to see. Uh, when we can come together to sort of put aside the very partisan nature of the world that we live in uh, to try to ensure that 
uh, we can just act in the best interest of Albertans. And so largely or, or generally speaking, there's been lots of cooperation. Uh, the, the house shut down entirely for a couple of weeks. Uh, now um, on the 31st of March, uh, the house will resume and sit for a day, two, possibly three, uh, depending on, on the speed in which the legislation can get passed. And this is only to pass uh, very specific emergency measures that are required uh, during this, this difficult period. Now, to your knowledge, is this unprecedented? Has, has the Alberta legislature ever done this before? Yeah, you know, there have been, certainly have been other times where the legislature has taken significant and drastic measures, uh, both to ensure that the government can continue to operate uh, and, and limit the use of the legislature. Uh, the Spanish flu in 1918 is a, is a good example of that, um, where special situations required the legislature to function or behave in special manners. Uh, obviously, there's some parameters in which the legislature uh, can do that and also needing to meet all the constitutional requirements that our legislature requires. So um, at present, um, good cooperation uh, is allowing all of those things to happen. Now, you were elected for your second term as MLA with a, a fairly strong mandate, too, if I might add. But uh, walk us through what it meant to you and your family to be given the honor again to represent the uh, constituents of Old Didsbury Three Hills. Yeah, you know, uh, being able to uh, represent the good people of Old Didsbury Three Hills is uh, obviously one of the, the greatest honors of my life. And, um, you know, any time that the, the public puts their trust or their faith in you, uh, and in Alberta and, and certainly in Old Didsbury Three Hills, there was a, a huge, huge, huge desire uh, to see a change in government. And so to be able to be part of that um, has been uh, fantastic. Obviously, it's been very challenging uh, for the new premier and the new government uh, here in Alberta dealing with um, the most significant uh, downturn in our economy that certainly our generation, Lyle, has ever and hopefully will ever see. You know, to put this in perspective, uh, I I was driving uh, from Calgary or from Edmonton to Old last week, and uh, I was uh, I, I believe it was on Friday on the south side of the city. I stopped at Starbucks and got a uh, a, a Starbucks coffee, and I believe I paid five dollars and sixty two cents. And on that going. exact <laughs> Yes, on that exact same day, uh, Western Canadian Select traded uh, for $5.09. I literally paid more for a Starbucks coffee than we were trading a barrel of oil for. Uh, And and you can only imagine what kind of impact that's having uh, both on the provincial government, uh, but more importantly than the impact it's having on the provincial government, the impact that it's having on families right across Old Sidsbury Three Hills. And so whenever I have the opportunity to try to support those people, uh, support folks in the constituency and anywhere across the province, it is a, a huge honor and one that I don't take lightly. Um, and, and I got to be honest, I don't get it right all of the time. But certainly my desire is to try to help in all of the situations in which I can. Yeah, no, clearly there's no political playbook for uh, how to handle a pandemic. But uh, in your opinion, how, how has the government been handling it so far? You know, I think we have been very, very, very fortunate 
you know, three weeks ago, nobody even knew who Dr. Dina Henshaw was. Now uh, there's T-shirts with her face on it uh, that have, uh, through the proceeds of the sale of that T-shirt, uh, donated over $20,000 to local charities, food banks, and otherwise. You, you know, we're just so fortunate and blessed uh, to have Dr. Henshaw leading us through uh, this most dramatic time. And I think that it's important that we say thank you to folks like Dr. Henshaw, to folks like the frontline healthcare workers. But but just as important as those frontline healthcare workers are folks at the grocery store and the gas station and um, you know the cleaners and and all of the people who are going about their daily lives uh, to try to help all of us get through. Uh, the, this very dramatic and drastic time. Uh, and, and so I've been pleased that at which the um, attitude that people have taken uh, in Old Sidsbury, Three Hills, and across the province, uh, and I think the amount of information that um, Dr. Henshaw and the government has been working to get to Albertans has, has really been fantastic. Uh, they are working day and night uh, to try to manage this uh, pandemic. And I think broadly speaking, particularly when you compare us to other jurisdictions, up to this point, we have done a very, very, very good job. I would agree totally. And I think we've also been getting some recognition from other provinces just how good uh, Dr. Henshaw and Jason Kenny have done in the front lines. To go back to those T-shirts, I'm fairly confident that uh, – one of the main parties behind those t-shirts actually is the owner of my real estate company, Charles Real Estate MMA. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's not just in, um, the great thing is, is to see uh, organizations, companies just like yours going above and beyond, doing the right thing, whether it's, uh, for example, Sobeys was the organization and, and actually a Sobeys owner here in Edmonton who started the golden hour of shopping or, or whatever the name of it is called that, that hour where seniors can come and and grocery shop in the safest possible conditions for them. And now that has spread right across the country. Uh, even in Olds, the, the local Sobeys has an hour set aside for frontline workers uh, and um, in senior citizens to be able to get their basic necessities in as safe as an environment as possible uh, or other businesses who are doing absolutely everything in their, their power uh, to keep people employed, to give to the community uh, and really to rally around each other. I, I think that we have spent so much time focusing on social distancing and listen, this is a, a key aspect of, uh, of making sure that we have the healthcare resources uh, at the peak of this virus. Um, but it's been wonderful to see that people aren't separating themselves from each other or totally disconnecting, but in many ways uh, coming together around common cause and common goal uh, to, to lift each other up through this most difficult time. The littlest things right now, right? Like, where a text used to be sufficient, now you pick up the phone or go on FaceTime. I just feel like everyone's getting those better connections established, and it's a, it's a slowdown that we've all gone through at the same time, and it doesn't seem to matter who you are or what role you play, there's no way you're not affected by this. And 
I have been uh, referring to it as the great resourcing, and it will be very interesting in three, six, 12 months, two years, five years to look back at this time and see um, the impact of this period of time together and, and just get a sense of how things have been resorted, whether that's the way that we engage in commerce on a daily basis, whether it's the way that we use uh, the online presence to transact business, uh, maybe even how we greet each other. Maybe the handshake goes away forever and it becomes the fist pump. Um, or even what our politics looks like and what is it going to mean uh, to be a, a public servant? What is it going to mean to be a conservative? What is it going to mean to be a liberal? What is it? How are all those things going to be resorted? I think is going to be one of the the most interesting um, experiments, if you will, uh, of our generation, as well. Just exactly what is going to happen to our economy? I think that there is. Uh, uh, well, we have seen an absolute. Uh, incredible amount of pressure and challenges. And, you know, I, I just looked while we were on the phone here, Lyle, and uh, this morning, uh, which is March 30th, uh, Western Canadian Select was trading for below $4. Oh, um, gosh. <laughs> and, and so to, to see uh, what kind of impact that's going to have, but just as we have seen the economy slow at such uh, an amazing speed, uh, as almost like slamming the brakes on a vehicle. Uh, I also believe that it's possible that we will see the greatest rebound that our economy has ever seen as as we get through the backside of uh, of this pandemic, essentially all at the same time, basically four to six weeks um, from all of the other nations that are experiencing the same thing. Uh, I think it's possible that uh, our economy will expand at a rate in which we haven't seen as well. Yeah, wow. I uh, I guess you get caught up, on, for myself, I get caught up in the housing market and, and get focused on that, right? And it's tough to see beyond that. Right now, it's an awfully uh, foggy day in the city, but uh, the cliche, it's tough to see blue skies. So I, I do appreciate that uh, that perspective. Well, I also think, you know, as we sort of resort the economy, and yes, there is significant downward pressure and challenges this will offer, you know, it's possible that it, our generation, that sort of millennial, and not that I'm a millennial, but I'm close to being a millennial. Um, <laughs> no one amiss to being a millennial. That, I, I know, I know, except if you're almost 40, and then you're like, hey, I'm almost I'm just a little bit older than a millennial. Um, but I do believe that, that this might be the opportunity for a renewed desire for home ownership, that post, um, post-pandemic, there will be a, a changing of, of what the sense of community looks like. And as a result, you know, home ownership will become a, a massive priority again. Uh, and both fortunately and fortunately, the resorting of the housing market may actually provide a greater opportunity for home ownership amongst millennials and the under 40 crowd um, right across our country in, in a way that that may not have otherwise been available. Yeah, you know what? And I and I, I don't pretend to be an economist or to know uh, what the future holds. 
Um, but I do see some of the challenges challenges ahead of us uh, as opportunities as well. well. That's good to know that our leaders above are uh, are thinking that way. So let's go back to you. you. You came elected for your second term, and then you were selected as a Speaker of the House. How was that choice made? Was it direct from Jason Kenney, or was it among your colleagues and fellow MLAs? So the Speaker of the House is an interesting um, process because every vote that we have in the House um, can be recorded, can um, be public. People will be on the record with what they did or did not do uh, with uh, basically one major exception, and that is the selection of the Speaker of the House. And it's done in that longstanding parliamentary tradition of uh, a secret ballot so that it is truly a choice of the assembly or a choice of the House of Commons. Uh, and traditionalists uh, in, in leaders don't actually get involved in the selection of the Speaker of the House. And so um, Jason Kenney himself is a fairly well-known Westminster parliamentarian uh, and a traditionalist at that. Uh, so he did not play a role in the selection of the, the speaker, um, but more so uh, provided an opportunity for members of the assembly to make that choice uninhibited from any pressures of the premier's office or, or any political office. And so it's a, it's a huge honor, frankly, to be selected by my peers um, of the assembly to represent them. And as you know, Lyle, the, the, the speaker's first job is that of a servant of the assembly. And so uh, the assembly sets the rules for the chamber, and the, uh, the speaker then becomes the executor of those rules and uh, really delivers upon um, defending the interests of the minority. And in, in a Westminster system, uh, the minority isn't necessarily just the political parties, uh, but is individual members and each of their rights as a member of the assembly. And so in Alberta, we have a, a great tradition of, uh, of long-standing speakers. And so since 1905, there's only actually been 14 uh, speakers of the legislative assembly. And so it has been uh, just such a huge honor to be able to uh, be the speaker and and try to communicate to folks about the importance of that role, not the importance of me, but the importance of the role of speaker in our democratic system. Now, that's been uh, one of your goals, I guess, I've noticed through social media and stuff, is to kind of bring the public inside your office. Um, you use that through a variety of, of platforms, but was that your idea to to do that outreach? So, you know, it's interesting. Each speaker sort of takes their own position uh, on the role of the speaker. And and oftentimes, um, becoming the speaker is sort of like your last job in Parliament uh, before you head out the door. And so um, they're often very, very experienced parliamentarians, um, often not 40 uh, as I am. Um, and, and so it's, it's, it's a great role, uh, to be able to provide wisdom and, and help to members, um, but not necessarily the most public facing roles. 
but I think that the speaker has this unique opportunity to defend, maintain, and build trust in our democratic institutions. And one of the challenges that we see is that the things that we do up here in Edmonton under the dome uh, often seem so disconnected from the reality of what people are doing in their daily lives. Uh, but I think that the more that people know about those things, the more they're connected to that process and as such engaged. And so uh, I have tried to uh, pull back the curtain, if you will, uh, to our legislative process through a, a series of uh, a wide range of little videos on my social media platforms uh, that range from sort of uh, a tour guide uh, telling interesting stories about the legislature or little informational videos talking about the actual process uh, of, uh, of what we do and how we do it and why we do it. I, I think mostly these videos have been pretty well received. Um, I do get the odd uh, snide comment from time to time. I think uh, one guy called me Bill Nye, the science guy, only nerdier. <laughs> so I thought uh, I thought that was funny. I, I also have a, a few um, legislative T-shirts um, that have become uh, a bit of a hit. One that says orders of the day, orders de jour. Um, and this is a, you know, part of the political pro or the, the legislative uh, daily routine and uh, and so I've worn them a couple of times, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. I, I've had a, a lot of great opportunity to reach out to people. And um, I think more importantly than all of that, in terms of the role as the speaker, uh, I, I'm also uh, cognizant of the challenge that it, that it is to be the speaker and the MLA for Old Didsbury Three Hills. And my first and foremost priority is to do everything I can to represent the constituents of Old Fitzbury Three Hills to ensure that they are heard uh, by this government and um, and that the needs of the region uh, are met. And, and I do take that as a very serious responsibility as well. Now we're both a little bit of political nerds, so I'll, I'll admit it. Uh, what was it like the first time you carried the mace into the House as your, your very first session? Yeah, well, marching into the House uh, for the very first time uh, was uh, a bit overwhelming, frankly, um, because I was elected uh, on on a Wednesday, and then on Thursday was the throne speech. And uh, the throne speech, of course, is when uh, the lieutenant governor provides the speech from the throne about the government's mandate. And it's the most public-facing uh, function that we have uh, in the whole parliamentary calendar. And uh, we just stack the galleries full. We move special chairs onto the floor of the chamber. Uh, and so I walked in there um, and, you know, you're literally, it's basically the, the first time that you have spoken in the house as the speaker you walk up the stairs and you turn around uh, and there's all 87 members plus probably 150 guests on the floor and the, the galleries are full of a few hundred people and you're like holy smokes 12 hours ago I couldn't even spell speaker and now I is the speaker um, you know just a bit of a, a bit overwhelming but uh, every day um, that I walk in uh, it's an honor and a privilege, and 
to think of the speakers and the parliamentarians that have come before. Uh, I just hope that I can um, represent the people of Old Sidsbury Tree Hills and uh, and the office of the speaker in a way that in decades to come, people will look back and say uh, that he did his best um, to try to breathe life into our legislative process, to try to build trust and faith in our democratic institutions, um, and that somehow uh, the province will be just a little bit better uh, because of the service um, that that I have been able to provide. And uh, if if there's just a few more people who are interested in the process because of the work that I've done, uh, then the work will have been worth it. And I've seen a few times you've even brought the, uh, it's the mace, correct? Yeah, you bet. You yeah, brought the mace, the mace uh, on uh, tour, like the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it was amazing. I, it, it, literally, it's like the Stanley Cup. And I joke because I take it to school uh, mostly. And uh, I say that this is like the Stanley Cup of democracy. And, um, and it even has its own, uh, you know how the Stanley Cup has the keeper of the cup and it's the same guy travels everywhere with it and like makes sure that it's safe. Uh, well, the sergeant at arms, uh, every time this, the, uh, the mace leaves the legislature, the sergeant at arms has to, has to be there as well. Um, uh, because of its value and, and a wide range of, of reasons. Uh, and, and so he uh, comes along with me. And I think uh, the first time I took it out, uh, we went to the old Sidsbury Three Hills constituency, Sylvan Lake, as well as Airdrie East. Um, and I think that that was only the sixth time in the Mason's history that has ever been out of the building. And uh, But it what a great way to be able to um, bring the principles of democracy right into the classroom where people can get a real sense of the value of it. Uh, and the other really fun thing uh, that it gave me the opportunity to do is to reach out some of, to some of the new Canadian community and uh, and the business community. And I, I know in old we had a great event where we partnered with the Rotary Club and the Chamber of Commerce and the Mountain View Filipino Association. Brought everyone together uh, to have a nice uh, dessert reception and talk about the importance of. Uh, our democracy in Alberta and why it matters and also use democracy as a way to connect uh, new Canadians and uh, other uh, business leaders and community leaders. Uh, and, and so we've done that in a number of places now uh, all through and utilizing um, the MACE as, as the main discussion point or opportunity to connect. And do people get to touch it? You know what? The mace is said to have so much power that if you were to touch it with your bare hands, you would surely die, which is why the sergeant at arms, when he carries it, is always wearing gloves. And, uh, and so they can't touch it, but they certainly can uh, get pictures with it and um, get up close and see the intricacies uh, of the mace. Oh, that's amazing. Well, uh, Nathan, we met in 2012, I believe. We were uh, opposing campaign managers, and it's been uh, very fun to see where your political career has gone since then. 
And since then, also, our, our party's united, so that's good. But, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure to absolutely to watch watch your journey. I think you're doing a wonderful job for Old Didsbury Three Hills. And uh, for me, a political nerd, self-diagnosed, uh, to watch everything and the content you're bringing out of the legislature, thank you for that. And if anyone listening wants to follow along, I believe it's at Nathan Cooper AB. That's correct. And thank you so much for having me on. Uh, thank you for all of the great work that you do uh, in, in our community and in your community. Um, the, the way that you give back, whether it's through minor hockey or the AGHL or um, helping people with tech support or a small business owner, uh, you do so much for others, and I think it's a, a great reflection of the person that you are. So thank you so very much for everything you do as well. And uh, I just encourage everyone to stay safe out there. Make sure you wash your hands. Don't touch your face and uh, and maintain appropriate physical distancing. Well, thanks again for listening. Please feel free to share on whichever platform you came across this podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a quick review or hit the subscribe button. If you want to connect, all my information can be found on lylepeterman.com. Don't you ever leave the house. Don't you ever leave the house. Don't you touch your stupid face. Don't touch your stupid face. Wash and scrub your hands. Wash and scrub your hands. But you don't touch your face. You don't need to touch your face. You could get sick. you ever leave the house uh-huh. you could hurt someone you love and you can't go out to eat you can't go out to eat and stay away at least six feet and stay away at least six feet don't you get how bad you remember moms and dads we won't be able to flatten the curve if you don't stay inside your house A message from Concerned Children's Advertisers.